Hello, and thank you for joining us. The winter holidays have come and gone, and with all the happiness and joy associated with them, they also can add a lot of additional stress to our already hectic lives. As teachers, as educators, stress is the currency we deal in regularly, whether in our classrooms and from our students, or from the outside stressors we ourselves bring with us. Dealing with and addressing the stress effectively, however, is generally something we in the education community struggle with. We're going to discuss and unpack all of this, as well as think of some tangible ways to reduce our own stress, which will allow us to be more effective and more resilient teachers. This and more coming up on today's episode of SE Elementary, brought to you by Frameworks of Tampa Bay. Welcome. Thanks again for joining us on our very first episode of the SE Elementary podcast, brought to you by Frameworks of Tampa Bay. I'm your host, James Lucas. Before we start, I want to give you a little background on who I am, what Frameworks is, and some of the goals surrounding this podcast. First and foremost, I am a teacher and educator. I began my career in education more than 15 years ago. When I first started in education, I really had no clue what I was doing or, quite frankly, if I even wanted to be a teacher. My whole career began when I responded to an ad in my college paper about teaching English in South Korea for a year. I wasn't sure about teaching, but the ability to travel and learn about a different culture was extremely appealing to me, and I was super excited in the months leading up to this experience. Things did not go quite as planned, however, so smash cut to me in a classroom with 40 very large middle schoolers with absolutely no teaching experience except what I picked up from Mr. Feeney on Boy Meets World. Um, Things did not start off well at all, mostly because I approached the situation through the lens of, I'm the teacher, you're the student. You need to respect me and do what I say. What I didn't do at first, however, was take the time to get to know any of my students. Once I realized the importance of building relationships, which didn't happen until a few months in, I began noticing a huge change in my classes. Through building relationships, I also realized how different my students were, both from class to class as well as from student to student. This led me to offering students some choices, limited and very controlled, but still choices. As my year there progressed, I slowly started figuring out how to really become a more impactful teacher. I finally did begin to earn respect from my students, not because I demanded it, but because I took the time to build meaningful connections with them. After teaching in Korea, I returned home and pursued a master's in education. I then began teaching, first as a middle and high school digital media and STEM teacher, then as an elementary school teacher, And then I began working with preschoolers. During my time in the classroom, I was able to finally put a name to what I was instinctively doing already, social and emotional learning, or SEL. It's worth saying, though, that I didn't buy into all aspects of SEL right away. I thought it was a little too touchy-feely for my taste, very kumbaya, but eventually I was able to begin seeing how effective SEL can be, not only with giving my students the skills they need to be successful, 
but also in all aspects of my own life. Over the past few years, I have been working with educators and students across all grades, from infants through high schoolers, on developing SEO skills in the classroom. Currently, I work with Frameworks of Tampa Bay. This is an amazing nonprofit organization and sponsor of this podcast, and they provide SEL training, coaching, and research-based resources to over 60 schools throughout Hillsborough County. Along with myself, Frameworks is staffed with a truly incredible group of people that eat, breathe, sleep, and dream SEL. You'll get an opportunity to meet them in future episodes. Um, so now that I have given you a little background on who we are and what we do, let's move on to our discussion about stress. As I mentioned earlier, stress is an unavoidable part of teaching and really just life. However, as educators, we tend to face a much higher level of stress than those in other professions. There's a few different reasons for this, but one of the biggest is the fact that the vast majority of us that became teachers did so to help others. And that's truly is what we are as teachers. We're helpers, we're nurturers. More often than not, we put the needs of others above our own. We put the happiness of others above our own, and we put the health and well-being of others above our own. And because we're nurturers, this extends way past just the students in our care, but into our personal lives as well. Because of our commitment to others, our own self-care often goes right out the window. We say we'll get to it later, but we don't. The problem, though, is that long-term chronic stress is extremely damaging. It affects our bodies, our health, even our memory suffers. So there is a reason a lot of us teachers struggle to remember things. And in addition to all of this, stress creates burnout. In fact, there are about 40 to 50% of all teachers that leave the profession within the first five years. And for teachers at urban schools, this number is much higher. Now I know what some of you might be thinking. So treating yourself to one spa day isn't going to eliminate the potential for burnout. However, maintaining regular good self-care practices and actively taking steps to reduce your own stress will definitely help keep you in the game longer, as well as be a more present and effective teacher to your students. In addition to having effects on our body and health, our stresses do impact students because when we are stressed out, we are not well equipped to handle issues that arise in the classroom. Have you ever had a bad day or a stressful day and you wonder why your students are acting extra crazy that day? You probably even think, I'm having such a bad day and now my kids are just making it worse. This usually happens because A, we're stressed out and our students pick up on that. I mean, many times they read us better than we can read ourselves. And B, our window of tolerance is much smaller. We can actually think of the window of tolerance as an actual window, a large open window. When we're having a great day and things are going well, our tolerance window is wide open. Our students can do and say things that really don't bother us. It just goes right through the open window. However, after a long, rough, or stressful day, our tolerance window is no longer wide open. In fact, it's barely even cracked. 
Because of this, students could say or do the same things that didn't bother us earlier when our window was open, except now they do. That's when we might yell or get upset. And this is hard for students because they notice the inconsistency. Sometimes they can do stuff like talk quietly in their groups, but sometimes they get yelled at for it. And to them, there's no real rhyme or reason. So when we can reduce our own stress, we are in a much better position to respond calmly to situations instead of just give a knee-jerk reaction. It's easy enough, though, to talk about reducing stress, but how do you actually do it? First and foremost, deep breaths are going to be your best friend. Deep breaths are also the gateway to calming down. We'll talk a lot more about this in next week's episode. The trick is, though, that it takes at least three deep breaths to begin to calm down. A lot of times, we need even more than that. But when you're in the classroom and you start to feel stressed or you feel yourself beginning to react to situations instead of responding, that's when pausing and taking a few deep breaths will help out the most. Sometimes, when I know I need to stop and take a deep breath, I realize that my students do too. So I'll stop what we're doing and take a minute for us all to breathe and calm down. Outside of deep breathing, what are some other things that we can do to reduce stress? Exercise is always great, as are walks, and even just getting outside for some fresh air. I'm fortunate enough to live near the beach, so when I feel overwhelmed, I take a long walk on the beach and a lot of my stress melts away, at least temporarily. Sometimes, when time is limited though, just doing something nice for yourself is a great start. Maybe it's taking a few minutes to listen to a favorite song or album, Maybe you take a minute to make a cup of coffee or tea, even just giving yourself the luxury of a few moments alone to think and reflect may be helpful. While there is no fix-all for stress, I truly believe recognizing and addressing this issue is half the battle. I also challenge you to set a tangible goal or goals for the new year to help you reduce stress. These goals, of course, should be realistic and doable. Even something as simple as, when I get upset, I'm going to take three deep breaths. Or, I'm going to spend 15 minutes every day doing something for myself. Taking care of ourselves is imperative to taking care of our students. When we are able to manage and reduce our own stress, we are in a stronger position to help those that need us the most. Thank you so much for listening today. To learn more about this topic, as well as all things SEL, visit Frameworks of Tampa Bay at myframeworks.org and be sure to follow us on Twitter at FW underscore SELementary. Also, be sure to join us for our next episode when we'll discuss helping our students manage their stresses. I hope your week is full of kindness and we'll see you again soon.